Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, happy Monday afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob and Kelly, we're in the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg. Lee is in the, or rather, Luke is in the First Bank Studio in Laurel, and Lee Roberts is with us to kick off the week, uh, making a Monday appearance. Opening segment of the show, sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, a great place to enjoy delicious food seven days a week, and a great place to call the next time you want to Cater one of your tailgates or office party, church party, whatever. They're in the catering business. They do a fantastic job, and we thank Dickie's Barbecue for their support of the Eagle Hour. All right, Lee Roberts normally with us on Tuesday, but today we have him on Monday, and that's good with us. We're always happy to have Lee on the show. And, Lee, I want to ask you, first of all, before you talk about the outcome of the game, to kind of describe what it was like there Saturday night. 101,000-plus people I just read a few minutes ago. An incredible atmosphere when Alabama takes the football field, right? No, it, it was an incredible atmosphere. And, you know, we, we, we got there early Saturday, um, got on campus about noon, had a chance to get out, go grab some lunch on campus. And just a, a sea of crimson and white, uh, which was which was just wild. And then, obviously, once the game started, you said it. I mean, 100, 101,000. I think it was the, either the seventh or eighth largest crowd that Southern Miss played in front of ever. Um, so just uh, it, it was wild. I mean, if you're if you're comfortable with the SEC, if you know anything about it, I mean, just uh, uh, loud, 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 and uh, just some some rowdy fans and. You know, shaking those crimson and white pom poms, it was it was very very interesting for sure. But on a side note, Bob, all one hundred and one thousand people are related. <laughs> That's what they say. And Lee, you and I were talking uh, before we went on the air, and I was pointing out to you it was just my observation that it was just such an illustration of the gap that exists now financially uh, in every respect between the Power Five and the Group of Five, and. You, you tended to agree with me largely, but you did make an interesting point that even within the Power Five, Alabama sits at the top of the mountain. They're the elite of the elite. No, that's I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, there is a gap financially, um, you know, between the SEC and the Big 12 and, and the others, and obviously the SEC from, from everybody else. And, I mean, just kind of look at, you know, what they've done over the years. And I guess the ACC is kind of, involved in there as well they've had a lot of success but uh you know coach hall he he alluded to it after the game in the post-game interview basically you know they're on a different level they're on a different level financially they're on a different level um athletically and you know it really is hard to go in there and compete but you know that that gives us something to shoot for and obviously you know you can say what you want about the game there were some positives for sure that Southern Miss was able to do, but overall, I mean, Alabama is just an elite team, and uh, and and that's just kind of the deal. I mean, the, the the big get bigger and stronger, the rich get richer, and that's just kind of the way it's the way it's happening. And that's the way it's going to be. 
Yep. One of the things that I think, and this is all this is out of all of our hands. You, none of us on this show are going to have any control over this. But what athletic directors need to start doing in the smaller schools is say, okay, if we're going to continue to play you, let's just use Alabama as an example. All right, what they get eight one point eight five or one point nine five million or whatever. All right, and there are some within the Southern Miss community would say, I don't care. We should not go over there and be humiliated and you know that that sort of deal. I get it. But what these smaller athletic directors need to start doing is saying, we will continue to play you, but we know you can afford to pay us more than $1.95 million. I mean, if there is that disparity, then the, then the have-nots need to start taking advantage of it and say, all right, if we, we're going to get our brains beat out, but instead of paying us one point whatever, you're going to start paying us three, or we're not coming. Is that reasonable? I mean, I know it has gone up over the years, you know, and I don't know way back when, maybe it was even back when I was playing. So 20 something years ago, you know, we would get 750 to 800 to a million dollars. So, I mean, it has gone up, but that so has things, you know, in the, in that 25 years. So I mean, if, if 3 million is, is an option, you know, I'm sure they would try to get it. So I don't, I don't know where the, the line is to draw for sure, but uh, we'll, we'll take the 1.95 or whatever it is right now, because it, it would definitely uh, fill some holes in our yeah, athletic schools. Budget. Schools at like Southern Miss, and I love Southern Miss, so this is not a put down in any way, Lee. They don't really have any choice. They have to play these games, don't they? You know, you really do. I mean, you can call them what you want, but they are money games, and you know. But you don't play the game just to go and receive a check. I mean, obviously, you go to compete, and um, you know, we we competed, just not on the level of what the the tide did on Saturday, but right. I mean, we've talked before, I mean, Southern Miss is that team that'll go play anybody, anywhere, and, um, you know, we've we've beat teams like that, I and mean, we've beat teams all throughout the SEC, the ACC, you know, all those big Power Five conferences, and, you know, we want to get back to where we can, I mean, obviously not going to compete year in, year out, game in, game out, but, um, you know, you put those games on the schedule, one, because it is a money maker, but two, you want to you want to go kind of showcase yourself on on a stage and in front of national television and, and and try to compete for sure. Luke, get in here. Yeah, I mean that one point nine will help us buy our uh, buy our way out of conference USA, hopefully. But but uh, Liam, we may continue this conversation into uh, into the next uh, segment. But but we had some disagreement pre air and i say this not as a silver lining guy looking for the greatest possible it was a butt whipping particularly in the secondary at the same time i was encouraged by uh, defensively our guys flying to the ball but i haven't i've I've never in my life been encouraged as i was saturday after a 63 to 14 rough game simply because i feel like and, and the other guys can disagree with me totally if they want to that we would be three and one had the offensive line played that way, had the play calling been a little more creative Saturday as it was. I mean, that's really what I took away. Tyke's having more of the playbook available to him. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I just felt like if, if that team would have showed up in Mobile, we would have beat South Alabama and probably Troy also. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, last week we gave up nine sacks to Troy. Saturday we gave up two to the number one team in the country. So, you know, a, a big difference. And we were without our center that had 50 consecutive starts. So, you know, guys stepped up, and that's just that's just what it's going to take. I mean, Bryson Mays, um, he he, played, he started at left tackle. And, you know, whether it's something that, 
you know, he beat the next guy out or he's just playing better or maybe we're not playing good at that position. Regardless, they made a, made a switch there at left tackle. So, you know, all in all, I did feel like um, the offensive line did play better. And, and kind of to your point, you know, if you just look at the score, 63-14, to 14, it does look like it was a, a tail whooping. Granted, that last touchdown, and I even said it on in our broadcast, I said, you know, I doubt they'll throw here in this situation, but indeed they did. You know, if you're up 56-14 to 14 with three minutes on the clock and you run a touchdown, that's one thing, but, you know, I don't, I don't totally agree with throwing a touchdown pass with three minutes on the clock. So if you could take sure. that score away, you, you take away two kickoff returns, I mean, it's a closer ball game than what the score really is. But, I mean, they're a team with playmakers. You know, they, they, they get who they want recruiting-wise, and it's shown they, they get who they want, too, in the, in the portal. I mean, they've added some impact players, and this team's going to go a long way. What what can we take away from what Ty Keys did? I mean, you you got to throw him in there. You might as throw throw him in there against the best. I, kind of from a rating, Lee. Like, how much did that allow him to grow going into conference play facing Bama on Saturday? You know, you almost wish it could have been a game that was not Bama, just to really see. You almost wish it was like a Rice to see how he's going to compete in conference. But but going out there and playing the big dogs. You know, it's going to do nothing but get you better now for this next week against Rice. So, um, you know, scheduling-wise, it is what it is. But, I mean, Ty Keyes was our, he was our leading rusher, you know, on Saturday's game. I mean, that's not saying a lot because we didn't have a, much of a running game. But as far as what he did as a quarterback, I, mean, I thought he threw the ball well. He made some good reads. There's still some things he's got to do better. And, and maybe because he got the ball out of his hand a little quicker and maybe the passing game allowed him to – you know, therefore he wasn't hit as much as he was a week ago. But you know, I was I was impressed with just the poise of this young man. I mean, the the stage that he was put on. He's never been in front of a crowd like that, and and won't for a while again. However, I thought he played extremely well. And and you can take away, you know, the whole look offensively, or you can go through and break down each series. And that's really what what the coaches will do. I mean, they'll take positives from each series and um, and allow him to grow from that. All right, Lee, we're going to ask you to hang on. We've got a short break, about 15 seconds left uh, before we go to break. Is that good? Yeah, no, that's absolutely okay. that's fine with me. Yeah. Real quickly, as we go to the music, you, you made a comment to me off air how loud it was. Loudest football environment you've been in, or had, did you play before that kind of noise uh, during your career? You know, it's, it's, it's different. Honestly, I mean, I, I had my headphones on. Uh, there was times where I really wanted to take them off to see how loud it was. But I, I mean, I'll say this: playing down in the swamp, and you know, in 1997 was was pretty doggone loud. But but Saturday was too, so it was uh, it, it was a neat experience. I don't know which uh, will be louder: the Alabama crowd or the Rice crowd yeah. coming up this Saturday, or lack uh, thereof. <laughs> Lee Roberts continues on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. 
We are so glad you're with us on a Monday afternoon. Bob and Kelly in the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke at the First Bank Studio in Laurel. This segment of the show is sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Miss Kathleen and her crew right there on Hardy Street open Monday through Saturday with a fantastic selection of merchandise with the Southern Miss logo. You can shop them online at campusbookmark.net. Kelly Sander, not a nicer lady on the planet than Miss Kathleen, is there? No, and I, I doubt very seriously that whatever you're looking for, they wouldn't have. But if they uh, don't have it, they'll get it for you. She'll find it for you, that's for sure. Lee Roberts is with us today, kind of recapping the uh, 63-14 uh, game against Alabama. Uh Saturday night. All right, I, Kelly hadn't had a chance to ask you much, Lee. I'm going to let him jump back in the conversation here. Lee, I want to go back to, to uh, Ty Keyes. I thought a couple of things. Number one, I thought it was and again, I don't know anything about football. You know, I'm a baseball guy. But the fact that, that the offensive staff was rolling Keyes out of the pocket to keep him from direct pressure from the Alabama defensive front, I thought that, that worked out well. Uh, the second thing is, is every time he had to make a tough decision he made the right decision, throwing the ball out of bounds. He didn't try to force, you know, a play downfield that wasn't there. And and defensively, I think Malik Shorts has got a chance to be really, really good. If you can just kind of fill in some of those blanks, agree, disagree, whatever. No, I mean, I, I, I agree on, on both parts there. First for Tykees, you know, I, I, I think that what you do offensively, and, and Coach Hall's offense is built around the quarterback, and that's just what it is. And and he knows the kind of athlete that Ty Keys is, and so he's starting to really – and he's different than what Trey Lowe was. So he's starting to try to move in a direction that really fits Ty Keys. And I felt like Saturday, really for the first time, you know, this offense really battled around him and battled for him, and it, it did. It started up front. They gave him a lot of protection, kept the defensive front off of him. But, yeah, the, the quick passing game, the, the swing passes, and him making the correct decisions, knowing when to – drop it down. He found his tight end, Grayson Gunner, three times on Saturday. Uh, threw at him five times, but obviously just uh, three connections. And, and that was something they knew going in, that they'd have an opportunity to get it down the field. And, and Grayson Gunner's another one of those players that has really stepped up this year as well. And uh, I think he might be playing in his sixth year of football, but uh, a, a lot of expectations now for him going forward. And then switching over to defensively, you mentioned Malik Shorts guy from Bassfield, the guy just, he loves football. He plays football. He plays with a passion and energy like you've just never seen. And, and it has shown out for four straight games now. Um, he, he really believes in what the defensive system is doing, what Coach Armstrong's doing. Um, he's a guy that can, can cover. He's a guy that can come up and make plays, um, big interceptions as well. And, uh, you know, glad to have him on our side. And I was glad to see them get Brownlee involved more in the offense. And again, these were, you're going, well, that, that should happen. We agree, but it, it hasn't happened yet. And the fact that it happened against Alabama, again, score aside, is reason for, for optimism and hope. Yeah. No, I mean, Jason Brownlee, we knew coming in this year, Jason Brownlee was going to be a, a target and, you know, getting double covered a little bit earlier in the year. And, you know, a couple drops here and there, a couple bad passes, really just threw off the, you know, no pun intended about the mojo, but, you know, threw off their mojo. Um, but I, I think you're right. I mean, he's a guy that going forward, I mean, if we are going to be successful, he's the guy that is going to have to be involved. And, you know, others, you know, Chandler Pittman, we hadn't really talked about him a whole lot. He's one of those guys that uh, a true freshman that you're going to see him run kind of what they call a super back. So if you remember – player we had years ago, Tracy Lampley, really 
compared to what he can do. I mean, he can out of the backfield can run. He can take a direct snap as a quarterback. Uh, he can catch the ball out wide. I mean, he's going to be a guy that we'll count on too. And you know, I think the more that Chandler's able to do will take pressure off of um, Jason Brownlee, and you will you'll see Jason Brownlee involved a lot more. And the last the, the only last thing I just want to say is, as brutal as the offensive line took a beating last week publicly and on social media and everything else. Let's be fair. I mean, if they're going to take a beating when they played poorly, they need to be applauded when they played well. And I just, way to go, OL. Way to get it turned around. Let's hope it keeps going. All right, Lee. uh, The preseason, so to speak, is over now. And uh, and here comes Rice. Uh, We're getting ready to go down the conference schedule. So your observation of this football team after, after four games and your thoughts as we move into conference play. Well, the one thing you have to do now, and and hopefully it started as soon as that clock hit zero on Saturday. Uh, You know, this team just needs to hit the reset button. You know, forget what happened game one through four. It's over. It's done with. We can't change anything. But what's ahead of us is an an eight-game schedule. And that's that's conference play, and that's really what matters. That's what is going to, you know, put us in a bowl game if we make it. It's going to allow us to to compete, uh, to try to fight for a conference conference. championship if that's to happen but again what happened weeks one through four you know forget it we've kind of move on and now focus on rice and following that utep and then uh down the road each conference opponent from that point forward and it, it'll say a lot this weekend you know we talked about you know rice you gotta you gotta kind of create your own energy and enthusiasm um at a place like that but this is a team that came to hattiesburg last year and and put a whooping on us too so i mean this is a team that's gonna run the football right at you and um, play kind of that uh stanford style offense and you know defense we have to be ready but i think a lot will be said about our team after this weekend yeah if you look at this nice win texas san antonio had against memphis this weekend that was a big win for conference usa uab beats tulane uh there's some good teams in conference usa southern missing them obviously a much better position to compete now moving forward, but uh, some pretty stiff competition going to come our way from the conference. No, it is, and, and I know a lot of people kind of knock the teams in our conference, but you know these are programs that are that are building and they're getting better and they're getting good players and they're making big wins and and it's showing. I mean, Memphis had a big win against you know Mississippi State last week, and then like you said, you, they get beat by UTSA. UTSA mm-hmm. is going to be a a team that is going to be tough, and we've got to go there this year. So. Uh, a tough one down the road for sure. But, yeah, I mean, all in all, I think this conference is playing a lot better. So we will have to pick up our level as well. All right, my friend. We appreciate you being on the show. Glad to have had you on a Monday. I guess we're back to Tuesday next week. Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep, Tuesday will be great next week. All right. Talk to you next Tuesday, Lee, and thank you so much for your time. Yeah, appreciate you guys as well. All right. Lee Roberts, everybody. Always enjoy uh, having him on the show. Good analyst uh, for the radio network. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Texas-San Antonio beats Memphis. UAB beats Tulane. Western Kentucky loses by two points to Indiana. Uh, there's some competitive teams, uh, Kelly, in Conference USA. Well, the old song by CNC Music Factory, Things That Make You Go, hmm. Uh, Southern Miss beaten by Troy. Troy goes to Louisiana and Monroe. And gets shelled. And gets shelled. I was shell-shocked. Yes. Because uh, Louisiana yes. Monroe is not good. Right. Uh, Charlotte beat Middle Tennessee 42-39. I think it was Friday night. Central Michigan beat Florida International 31-27. Texas-San Antonio 31, Memphis 28. Nice win there 
Buffalo beats Old Dominion 35-34. Do you know the nickname of Buffalo, by the way? The Bison. Okay. I should have not asked. No, no, it's not. I don't, okay. Right. You don't know? I really don't. Wow. Rice beat Texas Southern 48-34. That was their first win. But remember, Rice lost to Arkansas, Houston, and Texas coming in. And had uh, Arkansas beat. And Arkansas right. is, what, eighth in the country today? Right. Louisiana Tech beats North Texas 24-17. Air Force shells Florida Atlantic 31-7. UAB 28, Tulane 21, Indiana 33, Western Kentucky 31, and uh, UTEP beat New Mexico 2013. So, Luke, who won the who won the picks last week amongst the three here? Southern Miss did because there's silver lining in a 63 to 14 defeat from Alabama. Southern Miss wins everything. No, seriously. Um, let's see. You went eight and three. Kelly went nine and two. I went eight and three. Slade, Kelly the won. guest, went eight and three, and Michael went nine and two. So Michael and Kelly wow. tied. Kelly, wow. I'll give the nod to Kelly because Kelly won a perfect eight and zero. Oh. He went one and two in the NFL, picked it against his own Bengals, but the Steelers won. But Kelly gets a perfect eight and zero oh for the year. Kelly in first place at thirty two fourteen. You in second at thirty one and fifteen. I'm a game back at thirty and sixteen. Well, don't give Kelly too much credit. He came in my office just dancing this morning, talking Super Bowl. The Bengals now two wins and one loss, and Kelly's uh, booking a hotel room Look, for uh, the fact Los that, Angeles. The fact that the Bengals beat the Steelers, that was the first game in 12 that they had beaten the Steelers. <laughs> they beat them at Pittsburgh and beat them by double digits the first time since 1995 that they had beaten the Steelers wow. by double digits. I don't care what happens the rest of the year. <laughs> My season you is You said made. it may be time for Big Ben to retire. Boy, he sure didn't look very good yesterday. I don't know if you got to see any of that game yesterday, Luke, but he looked scared. He looked timid. <clears throat> he was just getting the ball out of his hands. And look, I get it. If I was his age and I was going up against 22-year-old guys that are running you know, four six forties, I'd want to get rid of the ball, too. I'm not making fun of him. I'm just saying if he can't be effective – uh, might need to think things over. And as San Francisco won, uh, learned last night, uh, if you if you get the lead and leave Aaron Rodgers with 37 seconds, that's 37 seconds too long. And anybody that said Aaron Rodgers was phoning it in this year because no. he doesn't expect to be a Packer next year, no, he didn't look like it last night. All right, All right we'll be back. Conversation about Saturday night and what's upcoming on the Eagle Hour. Stay with us. Back on a Monday, appreciate Lee Roberts and his time as he joins us every week. Color analyst, former Southern Miss quarterback, appreciate his time today. Fourth Street Bar and Grill had a successful Fourth Street Classic. We talked about it Friday. You went down over the weekend, so appreciate everybody um, that was uh, was out there. 
Chicken uh, sliders today with shrimp Alfredo. That was on the lunch menu, 4th Street Bar and Grill. Monday night football tonight. It was uh, fun to be there Friday, and we appreciate Slade and all of uh, his crew over there. Slade went 8-3 and three on the weekend, uh, tied me in the picks. Kelly in first place, Bob in second. I'm one game back from Bob, two from Kelly, see if we can make it up this week. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Kelly with Bob at the First Bank Studios in Laurel or in Hattiesburg. I'm in Laurel. Rice, uh, Southern Miss t- getting ready to take on Rice. The Owls are 1-3 and three overall, but their, their three losses, pretty stout competition. Uh, they went to Arkansas where they lost 38-17. to 17. Hosted Houston was blown out 44-7 to 7, and then uh, Texas beat them 58 to nothing down in Austin. They got their first win against Texas Southern uh, 48-34. And just kind of looking at what they did uh, against Texas, Houston, and Arkansas, two of those teams, they rushed uh, for more than uh, right at 150 yards or, or better against two of those teams. But they have have had a little trouble in the passing game. They, they've got two quarterbacks. Uh, they've just been trading back and forth. One of those guys is Luke McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey's little brother, his connection from Stanford with Mike Bloomgren. Uh, but if you look at what they did last year, they did run on us, guys. Uh, but at the same token, um, Rice really lit us up in the passing game. And so Rice, you know, got, got a clinic Saturday about how to handle it. But I feel better going into this game about defending a power run team because of the Golden Eagle, uh, you know, rushing defense and what they did against Bama. Let me read this to you guys real quick. Just got a, a message from a really avid listener, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna confirm what you said, Kelly, and what uh, and uh, what Luke said as well. I saw Saturday night's game in person. Offense, I like the way Hall moved the pocket around, taking advantage of Key's mobility. Pittman needs touches. He's a player. O line effort was better. Defensive effort was there. Some busted reads and assignments. Matchups were just out of our control because we won't see speed like that again ever. Special teams need to be fixed, but again, world-class speed. Here's the key. Overall, if we played like that all year, I think we would be 3-1. and one. So, it is the world against Bob Getty in the estimation <laughs> no, 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 of Saturday I don't, night. I don't think it, that Bob Getty was the only one that didn't like watching a 63-14 to 14 shellac. Well, I didn't say I liked it, but I'm saying to that person's point, what what was just said by that listener, if if we would have played like that, I mean, th- think about the first, really, first or second offensive drive of the game. Gutsy call, we go for it on fourth down. He throws it to Gunner on the on the 10-yard route. Keys forces it. Cavallo's wide open in the flats. That extends it. We get a field goal out of that, and, you know, it's not 35 to nothing. So what I'm, the point I'm making is the, 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 the exploitation of the secondary was something that was kind of inevitable just because of the speed that Bama has. But what Will Hall did was he looked at what worked on against Bama from Florida two weeks ago, and he implemented a lot of stuff on the edge, uh, to, to that listener's point, with Chandler Pittman, who I, I think is a crazy good playmaker going forward. You will see him dialed up. We see why he was the 3A state player of the year. But you saw Will Hall, the, and I think part of it was in the Troy game, and, and Kelly, you can speak to this too, they, they were just Tykes was thrown into it, and they they were dealing with a fraction of the playbook. You saw some of that playbook open up a little more, and it should happen the rest of the year with him. And if and if you take away the two kickoff returns, all right, you know that I, I agree with what Luke said earlier. It, it, to me, it was it was more of a forty two twenty you know type of game, which that's certainly respectable. Going into the Alabama game, full disclosure, I didn't think the Eagles had a chance to beat Rice. I just didn't, the way that they had played. 
But even in a loss, you know, I, I've seen teams play really lousy and win a game. And people go, oh, it's all about the W's. <clears throat> Not always. It's how you play. They're better this week than they were the week before. So, again, going into the Alabama game, didn't think the Eagles had a chance to beat Rice. I do now. I let, th- me, let me ask you this, Kelly, and this is uh, that aside. I'm not going to argue that with you guys. You're probably right. Uh, you've been around a long time like me. Do you find yourself sort of sad, though, when you watch games like that and you think back to the way it was when teams like our team could go nationally and compete, really compete with the Alabamas and the Floridas of the world? Does it sadden you to see the gap has gotten so wide that you realize those days are never going to come back? It doesn't. It doesn't? No, it, it doesn't. I mean, I relish those days, but a lot of things have changed. I mean, I'm 100 pounds heavier. I got a little, little less hair. Right. Con- well, well, tell me if you agree with this, because this is what I told my wife Saturday night. I, I was commenting on that, and I said, but what frustrates me about this more than anything is how many people that live right here are more concerned about Alabama and LSU than USM when what you should do is you should embrace this university here and you should enjoy whatever level we're playing at now. And if we can get back competitive to winning Conference USA and playing in a bowl game every year, embrace that. Enjoy that. Take that in. Make that part of your life. And quit worrying about what these mega million dollar schools that can pay $2 million three times this year for what's effectively a practice game. That that I completely agree with. And remember, this conference used to be nicknamed Conference USM. Right. Because right. Southern Miss was winning everything. Right. Okay, so these are the cards that are dealt. Enjoy. You know, Do you agree with that, Luke? Let, let's be happy with who we are. And... Uh, and, and let's quit worrying about what the LSUs and Alabamas of the world do. That's what you got to be. I mean, it's inevitable that the break is going to happen in probably the next five years. So, yeah, I mean, what you do is you pick a team and you stick with them. And you stick with them when it's high. You stick right. with them when it's low. And, and you know, just kind of scouring social media, which is, is not the exhaustive, you know, overarching measurement of anything. But it seems as if a lot of Southern Miss fans are taking that approach with Will Hall. And, and with this team. And they just, I, I was, it was cool to see the support Saturday. It was almost like a, a funny undercurrent, like beat Bama. We're going to beat Bama. You know what I mean? That's just kind of what nobody, nobody thought it was going to happen. But at the same token, they took on their identity. And, and that is refreshing to see with the Southern Miss fan base. Yeah, it may be a smaller number, but it's a more committed number. Uh, again, having moved here 12 years ago back here from the Delta, I know what this community would be like if it were not for Southern Miss. I know how different it would be. And I get so aggravated when I see people on social media from Hattiesburg at the Alabama game wearing Alabama stuff. When, when they could have bought tickets and gone walked hey, to the game. 100%. Maybe. I don't. I don't know if y'all saw this, but Larry Fedora, his one of his daughters is at the University yeah, of Alabama, saw, so yeah. Fedora was at the game yeah. wearing Alabama stuff. But the dude's money is going there. I, I semi get well, it. Yeah. Not, not much. Well, I, but, uh, I get that because that's anyway. his child. You know, he's he's siding with his child. But I'm sure you agree, Luke. I mean, people. I, I ran into a I ran into a, a retired 30 year uh, employee at Southern Miss Saturday morning at Lowe's. And we had this conversation, this very conversation, and he brought that up to me, how frustrating it is for him to see people around here wearing Mississippi State and LSU and Alabama stuff, 
when here is a Division One university sitting right here in town, and look, whether it was sixty-three to fourteen or one hundred and sixty-three to fourteen, those are our kids. Those are the kids that chose to come here and play football, and right. they deserve totally to agree. be supported. They deserve to be supported totally by agree. the community. And again, when you're just talking from a business standpoint, if 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 this, something were to happen to the athletic program where they would have to drop down a level in competition, it's going to really hurt your business. Right. And, and I want to clarify to you guys, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I see your point about there. I, I understand what you're saying about there was improvement. There's no question. As a guy that loves Southern Miss, it's just painful for me to watch our kids go through that. And I know, Bob, that schedules are made years in advance in football, like seven years in advance. But how about the idea of, look, if we're going to have to play some some money games, why does it always have to be Alabama? Let's go play Oklahoma and see if some teams like that will Well, you'll see them. that. Yeah. We're playing We're playing Miami next year. No, Ohio maybe, maybe State's not coming. Oklahoma. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it's going to – I mean, it, I think that's the approach. You don't have to lean on Alabama like you have historically. It, and it's just because it was a you know, a 13-, 14-year run where we played them every year. That, right. That's kind of why it seems that way. But more teams are coming. And, and, and just so that you guys can mark your calendars, Eagle Hour fans, we will be broadcasting live from South Beach next year, the day before the Miami game, me in my Speedo on South Beach – and that will probably be the last edition of the Eagle Hour. So make sure that you tune in that day because we'll all probably I'm be on that arrested. trip too. I, I got that I got that memo. Sadly, Bob will have to produce from the first bank studios. Uh, in oh no. When, when Bob found but, out I was gonna I will, be in a speedo, he volunteered. Yeah. I volunteered to produce. No, I'll I'll be at a Marlins game or something, Kelly. You can have there the beach. I won't be there. Uh, with well you. well support our kids that play football here. Quit worrying about what Alabama and LSU does. Come out here the next time the Golden Eagles are playing in the Rock and support those kids because those are the kids that want to live in the same community and represent your university. And swing by our tailgate. You're always welcome. Absolutely. Support this university. We'll be back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this first day of the week brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. The website dbathattiesburg.com. D1 Training and DBAT, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Whole gang today in studio, Luke. Bob and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel Women's Volleyball on the road. Dropped uh, two matches to UAB over the weekend. Coach Radecki's ladies fall to 8-8 eight and eight over the year, uh, on the year, and uh, will get ready to host UTSA um, this weekend at Hattiesburg Friday 
and Saturday. Tennis uh, got underway um, this weekend. Southern Miss uh, dropped three matches against UAB on Friday, but uh, came back on Sunday and uh, took some uh, some doubles matches from the UAB Blazers. They will head out this weekend to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to take to uh, compete in the ITA All uh, American. Golf last week, Kelly interviewed Hunter Atkins, who finished second uh, at the last golf tournament. Golf competing in the Old Town Collegiate up in Winston Salem, North Carolina, Wake Forest, Duke, College of Charleston, Virginia Tech, Penn State. Some of the uh, in there, and the, and the Eagles right now, the men's golf team, fourth overall right now. It's a two-day tournament. Bryce Ak- uh, Bryce Wilkinson tied for second, and our guy Hunter Atkins, he's sixth right now. So Eagles got two in the top six as a team. They are fourth um, right now. So uh, keep your eyes on that, old Golden Eagle fans. Uh, should should be fun to. Uh, to see how they compete up there in North Carolina. We've been talking about the soccer team. Coach Mo came on last week, and uh, they went to North Texas this uh, this past week. They tied North Texas in overtime, and they went to a draw. No no penalty shootouts in the regular season, only in the tournament. So Lady Eagles 6-2-1 and one overall. And along the way, Kendall Mendich, uh, the senior goalkeeper, she faced 32 shots against North Texas and had a career high with 13 saves. You'll probably see her being named to the Conference USA Soccer Player of the Week later today. But Lady Eagles in first place in the West. They will host UAB this coming Friday at 4 p.m. What an opportunity before you catch some high school football. Watch the Lady Eagles in action. All right, big commitment last night for uh, Southern Miss football for Will Hall's staff, a guy that Kelly knows about, Latrell Frog-Jones from Taylorsville, Mississippi, commits. He had offers from Auburn, Coastal Carolina, Lafayette, Texas State. Troy also interested parties was Mississippi State and South Carolina. Kelly, this is a guy you've watched. He's a local talent. Ty Keys is familiar with him. This is a good uh, good commit for, for the, the football team. Well, we talked about the, the speed disparity between Alabama and, and Southern Miss, and Frog Jones certainly helps close that gap. I mean, you know, when, when you, he's, I mean, he is a speed merchant receiver. And, of course, you mentioned his hometown. And make no, mis- make no mistake about this, when you got a guy named Keys at the quarterback position who's from Taylorsville, you know, that certainly is going to raise the attention of Frog Jones, who had his choice to go to a lot of places. But now, kind of like Joe Burrow and – Jamar Chase in the NFL of the two and one Cincinnati. Stop! 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 <laughs> have been reunited. Now the Taylorsville guys are going to get reunited there at uh, at Southern Miss. Southern Miss working a nice network of kids from Taylorsville, Bassfield. I like that. Yeah, schools that have had great success on the gridiron. Really at good the, player from Oak Grove. Indeed. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Picasso Nelson kind of started that when Picasso Nelson right. went to Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. So they're cultivating that, those, those avenues, which you have to have. It's all about connections. Our kids, the kids that want to come here and play that, those are the kids that they have to support. I love a kid named frog. How'd he get that name, Kelly? Well, because he, he, can hop over anybody and, and, and make a play. Uh, well, being know? from Taylorsville, I'm guessing he's been gigging, too. Probably done a little frog gigging in his life would be my guess. Now, Luke, you certainly know what frog gigging is, right? I think Kelly's yes, a little mystified about this. You want to explain this to him, Luke? I mean, just go out in the night and, uh, I mean, just Gig think em. about what the dudes on Duck Dynasty do. I mean, it's one of their hobbies. I mean, you just you, – you get them and you – People enjoy a good fried frog leg. Um, yeah. People, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if you saw t- when Ty Keys ran out 
uh, the first offensive series. Is, he's from Taylorsville, which is right down the road from Soso, which is a close drive yeah, from Hot yeah, Coffee, Mississippi. Yeah, so good. I guarantee you in all three of those communities, they have uh, gigged frogs. I, I think those guys did a pretty good job Saturday night calling that game, too. I, I thought they were complimentary towards Southern Miss. They, they had done they, their homework. They pointed out the history, that some of the good things that had happened for Southern Miss over there, and uh, – and I, I thought they did a, a pretty good job. I, I enjoyed watching that standpoint. Yeah, and, and Auburn escapes this weekend. Lucky, uh, lucky. A Sunbelt team almost. Little, Somebody little, little from, from Birmingham the, yeah. called <laughs> little, in the fourth from the SEC staff there to help them get through. It was it. awful. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right after that call, you they they panned the crowd, and there were Auburn fans that were visibly laughing out loud because they knew. Yeah. And and I don't know if you guys ever remember this. My father refuses to go back to Auburn because it was in the early '80s. We had we had our great kicker Clark. I was there. The ball was in I the know. middle of the field. We were getting ready to kick. The referees stood over the 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 ball and yep. refused to let us snap the ball to win the game. I it was standing then on the sideline with the football team the night that happened, and Jim Carmody literally chased the officials across the field and into the tunnel. You remember Butch Jones at Tennessee looked at the official and said, thank you? You could read his lips saying yeah, thank you on yeah. that late flag. Well, let me tell you, Jim Carmody said a few things to the officials that night. <laughs> thank you was not in the repertoire. I'll bet he, I'll bet he did. There was a you, but it wasn't thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that wraps up the Eagle Hour. Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.